Hello, people of the world, and welcome to today's episode of the Unity Project podcast. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, the Unity Project podcast is one about the relationships that we have with our bodies. You guys, today was so exciting. I got the the opportunity to interview a couple authors that I am just so so obsessed with. I so admire their work and their development of characters and story and oh my goodness. I've never interviewed authors in this way before where I talk a little bit more about their uh, process with writing fiction and their developmental ways of creating characters. Uh, but their names are Jared Schusterman and Sophia Lapuente. Sophia got her start in marketing for Google Spain and then immigrated to the States. And since she received a master's in the arts at UCLA and has produced for Emmy-nominated show, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this right, Caso Serrato. Sophie and her partner Jared both have co-author credits in the fourth installation of the best-selling Arc of a Scythe trilogy, Gleanings, and are the authors of their upcoming novel, Retro. Jared is the New York Times best-selling author of the novel, Dry, which was one of the highest-bid novels in Hollywood of 2018, selling it to Paramount Pictures, produced by Temple Hill, which he's adapting for the screen with co-author Neil Shusterman. He's also the author of accoladed Simon & Schuster novel, Roxy, which came out last year. Sophie and Jared are partners in every sense of the word with love and multiculturalism as an ethos living between Madrid, Spain and Los Angeles, California. Guys, this was like a holiday for me, getting to chat with them and talk about all these things. Jared talks a lot about his relationship with his body when it comes to body dysmorphia. He was a wrestler in high school, and I got to learn a lot about what that looks like. Uh, things I never knew before about the pressures put on the male body at such a young age. And Sophia shares so much interesting information about the differences between the pressures on the female body in Spain versus America and her journey and story with that. So just listen, enjoy, and keep a lookout for their upcoming novel, Retro, coming soon. Jared and Sophia, how is it going over there? Hello. Hello. It is fantastic <laughs> over here in sunny California. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Things are good. Gosh. It's almost summer here. Basically. Oh my gosh. I'm just, I used to live in LA actually. What part are you guys in? We are in LA. <laughs> yeah, we're in LA. We're in like um, mid-city Beverly Hills-ish area. Oh, nice. You guys are in some good spots. I was over in the valley, so it was hot uh, and trafficy <laughs> and ugh. <laughs> oh, yeah. It has its pros. There's less stress there. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. And I think I read that, or Sophia, you're from Spain, right? I'm from Spain. I'm from Madrid. Yeah. Okay. And so you guys kind of bounce back and forth between there and here? Yeah. Actually, next month I'm going to Spain for a month and a half. And then at the end of summer again, and, and then again, and then Christmas, and then, yeah. Yes. It's such an amazing place. Yeah, I, we love it. It really, we, we really get inspired there to write. It's just, everything ah. is so romantic. You have history <laughs> in the walls. I mean, as writers, it's just, it's just a dream to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. I can only imagine someday, someday I'll get out there and I'll wave at you yeah, on the other perfect. side of the wall. I'll be like, hey, remember that one time we did that one thing? <laughs> 
Oh gosh, well I'm so excited to have you guys on. For those listening, Sophia and Jared are YA authors and they have an upcoming book called Retro coming out. Uh, is it coming out this year or when, when is it coming out? So yeah, we're still, still divided on that exactly what the date is. We don't have it yet, but somewhere between... Um, the end of the year or beginning of next year. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it is such an incredible idea for what you guys are working <laughs> with on that. I read through the synopsis that you sent me and oh my gosh, first off, <laughs> when I read the comparison of Lizzie McGuire at the beginning, I was in all the way in Lizzie McGuire is she's just the OG. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you guys want to give uh, the listeners a little quick background about uh kind of who you are and what you do? Yeah, of yep. course. Well, um, we were already introduced, but I'm going to start from the beginning. My name is Jared Schusterman. Um, well, I'm a screenwriter and YA author, and so is Sophie, my partner in yes. every sense of the word. <laughs> and um, we both, we live in Los Angeles. We work in the YA space, hmm. um, but we also do screenwriting in, in all other facets. Yeah. Um, and we travel bef- between Spain and America, really highlighting um, a lot of Sophie's culture as a Spaniard, yep. her life as an immigrant, what it yep. what it means to be a woman in this century and an immigrant in this century. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, that's kind of a, yep. a basis on us. And I think that we both come from entertainment background. Um, Jared was writing a screenplays and he has another two books with his father, Neil Schusterman. And I was working in production and in casting um, for a TV show. So from there, we jump into writing books. Yeah, and we've been working together since, I mean, we, we met. And then not too long after we decided, yeah. okay, well, I love this amazing person. We need to be working <laughs> together in every sense of the way. Um, wow. ar- around that time when we met, I was, uh, we met because I was working on a, um, uh, at that time I was working on a book called Dry, um, which is the previous one that I did. And we were actually writing that, the screenplay for Paramount Pictures at that time. Wow. <laughs> So Sophie was working in casting. Yeah, I was doing casting. It was really nuts. And I was like, it's super fun, but writing at home, not seeing 100 people every day. I like that. (laughs) So then I jumped to writing. Mm, So you guys met during the casting of that screenplay you guys were writing for Dry. No, we didn't no, meet I was in the casting him. process, so she was working at a separate place, yeah. but then we met, we were both, we were both working in entertainment, so we knew, yeah. okay, we have this, this dream that we have together, yeah. that we want to pursue together, and that mm-hmm. was really like one of the strong pillars of our relationship in the beginning, continues to be something that we really enjoy all the time, you know, like when you write a book, you're creating a baby, and yeah. you're creating, a, and we have all these little babies everywhere. It's, yeah. it's great. They have babies that don't cry, you know? It's perfect. Yeah. A baby doesn't oh, cry. Yeah. You don't have to feed it. You have to feed it through anything. All Makes the pros. You, it can make you no money. Diapers. It's they're, they're great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I've never heard a book described as a baby, and now I think that's all I'm going to be able to think Yeah, I know. It, in, yeah. in writing, there's this kind of saying that you have to learn to be a great author. You have to learn how to kill your babies. Like yeah. you have to learn how to be able to write something and the next and love it. And the next moment, like kind of like psychotically, like turn on it and erase a whole, b- yeah. delete a whole bunch of chunks and, and be able to kill off characters. So you, you have to develop this like toughness. So yes, we also, <laughs> we make babies and we kill them. Yeah. 
And I feel like in Spain, they're way more normal. Like you could be identified like, okay, this is a model clearly walking in the supermarket, picking her favorite yogurt, but you can believe it. But here is like, I don't know. I feel like you just don't connect. You have this small, small girl pretend that she's eating a burger and it's like, hell no, you don't look like that when you go to that, you know, food chain. Like, no, it's just no. It's not happening. And then I think that in Spain we have the Mediterranean diet. That's there. Like since the day you are born, you you eat vegetables. You eat healthier. It's really, really like intrinsic to our culture. So we talk less about our bodies because I feel like we eat better, period, than in America. Mm, okay. And I know it's a weird connection, but 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 it's like that. We just we talk way more about food and way less about body. Okay, so it feels like more of like a holistic just lifestyle more yeah. than anything to just take care of what you put into your body versus kind of the body image external ideas of it. Exactly. Okay. Like obviously we talk about external image, but it always go with first with eat broccoli. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it just start there. <laughs> and the, yes, the, yes. the diet is really different even like the times. Oh, yeah. In Spain, we, we have dinner like at 10 p.m. We have lunch around 3, 4 p.m. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really different. So Okay, when's breakfast? Uh, breakfast, if you have to work, I guess, before going to work. Uh, but in mm -hmm. Spain, technically, we have five meals per day. So we Ooh. have little breakfast, then let's say at 8 or 9 a.m. Then we eat a snack around 11, 12 11 a.m., 12 p.m., then we eat lunch around 3 p.m., then we have something called merienda around 5 p.m., and then we have dinner around 10 p.m. Oh, wow. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do that lifestyle. <laughs> and it's only possible because they invented the, ne the nap, yeah. the siesta. Yeah, exactly. So there's always a siesta afterwards, yeah. after, oh your, after your lunch. <laughs> Wait, did you really invent the nap over there? Please tell me that. Yeah, we did it. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, you're welcome, so everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we love oh that. We love the nap. But yeah, it's just, everything is like, I just feel like it's healthier. Um, so yeah, we eat a lot, right? Like five times per day, but it's way healthier. And then with that, you feel healthy. You connect with your body, in my opinion. Like if you're eating healthier, using olive oil, not that much fast food, you connect with your body, your skin looks better. Everything makes sense. The, the whole machine is making sense. And I think that physically we are less obsessed with the body. Um, mm. two, because we put less weight. Here, I feel like there is a lot of weight in the image, at least for female. Um, I think it's insane, the, the, the pressure and the obsession. Mm. Like, I think it's too much. It's, it's, whoa, toxic. Oh, yeah. Wait, so you're saying you think that there's less pressure on the woman's body in Spain? Yeah, less pressure. And even when, they, they, I don't want to enter there a lot, but I feel like here is more machista. You say it like that? Yeah, machismo. Machismo. Um, like the comments of the body and the, I think he's sexist. Yeah, exactly. I think he's too. And much. you know, it's interesting too, something that I found in the difference in Spanish and American culture, where here, say you, you go out and you're in LA, right? And you're uh -huh. walking around on sunset or whatever, and you see a whole bunch of girls who are going out and they're all dressed in their high heels and they have their dresses and they worked really hard clearly on what they're wearing that night. Yeah. But then you have a lot of guys walking around near them yeah. and the guy could be wearing like a tank, sport clothes, a sport clothes, or a tank top, or and <laughs> yeah. and those are those little subtle things yeah. that you see that put extra pressure on the women that you don't have in Spain as much because exactly. in Spain, 
guys will dress up more. So yeah, more and then equal. the girls dress up less. And the girls will dress up a little less. So it oh, actually man. is more equal in that sense. So yeah. ever since I met Sophie, being an American, it's like, oh, now I dress better. Yeah. I'm like, I like this. She <laughs> I helps remember me out. like our first or second date, I went to his home and with my like booties, jeans, and nice shirt, suspenders, red lipstick, and he appears with white sneakers, long shirt, like a t-shirt, a random sport t-shirt. I look, like, I look good though, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, this is cute and nice, but we need to have a talk, clearly. <laughs> like, you know, like this is not going to work, two options, or you dress good, or I'm coming with my pajamas next time. And oh that's my. it. I was like, I'm game for anything. But then we went out shopping and yeah. then I was like, okay, this shirt's going to last at least five years. So I have this beautiful, amazing girl for like five years <laughs> minimum now because <laughs> we're going together. <laughs> yeah. So we went and shopped for a whole bunch of things. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny and so different. Just yeah. the idea of that because I totally know what you're talking about, about like the girls going, like putting hours into how they look and the guys like just rolling out of bed and doing whatever. Yep. Um, wow. And I think that's it's yeah, that's so cool to just think about the difference and how that is and how that affects your relationships with yourselves and each other over there. Uh, yeah, so Jared, do you do you want to share a little bit more about or a little bit about the relationship you have with your yeah. body? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, in something I feel like it's definitely being a guy growing up in the 90s, early 2000s, having a having a, a relationship, a talk about an honest talk about the relationship with your body wasn't something that that wasn't even coming to the table so much. Um, and I really appreciate that, you know, today we can speak about these things, or at least guys feel like they can be more open, because I definitely mm. do. Um, yeah, for me, let's see, um, grew up in Orange County, in um, Rancho Santa Margarita, now I say it with a Spanish accent, but <laughs> Rancho Santa Margarita in Orange County. And, you know, I always had a, I felt like I always had a really healthy relationship with myself with my body but then for me something that happened you know a good thing happened out of kind of a bad thing you know I went to school I was and it entered into kindergarten a little bit a little bit I want to say like early so I had to leave and go to the first grade pretty soon afterwards because I was just impossible like I was just an impossible kid in that sense I was too had too much energy I didn't believe in nap time I needed to meet Sophie I just I couldn't do it so they put me ahead so I was younger going we have mandatory nap time in my school yeah we had mandatory nap time I was running around hmm. eating people with dinosaurs I needed oh to get God. eating the green play-doh the green flavor is the best Callate. I had to get <laughs> I had to get out of there so they ended up putting me into school into first grade faster um and what happened was I grew later so when I became like I was like 13 and all the other kids were growing I was a little bit late because I was younger and just the way that my body was. So for me, I kind of just had this big emphasis that I put on myself of, I need to grow, I need to grow. And what's the only way you can make yourself grow? Well, I would go to the gym. So I had some friends and I would always be weightlifting and weightlifting and, and you weightlifting. Were, how old were you? I was like 13 when I started. And, you um, know, obviously I'm not gaining muscle at that, at that stage. I was always in sports, staying really healthy. Um, my body was my temple. But, like, I was just always going to the gym and I wasn't gaining getting getting much bigger and it kind of became a little bit of a a little bit of an insecurity and complex until I ended up growing a little bit later maybe 16 17 around that time I really started to grow um but I was left with I was left with a skill set and a love and passion for fitness and eating well and I learned how to eat well through that process as well but also because I was trying to gain muscle mass and I had that kind of insecurity I was also eating a lot of foods that would just put on weight because I couldn't put on weight because I had such a fast kid metabolism. So then I came <laughs> into my adult life. As time grew, went on, especially meeting Sophie, understanding the Mediterranean diet, 
I eat even healthier now. I feel like I have an even better relationship with my body. And um, as I got into adulthood, a lot of those kind of insecurities really started to fade away as, um, you know, I felt more comfortable with myself, with my body and who I am. Mm. Mm, Okay. That's so, well, can I actually ask real quick how old you are? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I'm 30 now. And I'm 28. Okay. Okay, I'm 27, so I'm just right about there with you guys. Yeah, because I was going to say, it sounds like we grew up around the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Around the same time, the 90s, man. What a The 90s, mac and cheese, stofers, chicken pot pies, you name it. Yeah, no, (laughs) for me, the problem, I want to talk about the fashion in the 2000s, like Britney Spears and all of them. I love them, but the pants, how low. The pants with the hip wear, that really hurt. There was no way you were going to look with a flat belly. There is uh-huh. no way. The zipper, did you say zipper? Yeah, I remember. The zipper was like two centimeters. It was microscopic. Like impossible, impossible. All that mm-hmm. crop does, like, please never come back, that fashion thing. Oh, you know what? I heard they are and I'm hiding no. from it. No, no. Yeah, no. but we're just no. We'll just say no. Yeah. No. Because that's what I'm so afraid of it. I will never. No. <laughs> yeah. It's impossible. You need to be bringing spears. I mean, doing like a whole concert tour, yeah. one every day, you know, to keep that. Yeah. No. Oh, my gosh. Well, Jared, that's so interesting hearing about uh, your story with your body growing up. Because, I mean, obviously... I have a different experience because I grew up a girl. And so I know that there's a lot of different pressures on male bodies than female bodies. And the idea of like wanting to grow faster and be bigger versus girls insecurity. So of like, oh, I want to be smaller and I want to feel like I need to look like this person who weighs like two pounds. And it just, it's very interesting to hear that. And I, I'm really happy that that you're sharing that for whoever is listening who, cause yeah. I know that also, I know that, well, this might be an assumption, but I hear that guys don't talk about it as much as girls do. No, they, I don't, I don't think guys do as much. I don't think they're, I think guys are still in the century learning that, you know, showing your feelings is a strength because you're being vulnerable. You're showing your emotions. It means yeah. that you have the courage cause you don't, you don't care to talk about something that might be difficult for you. Um, at least that's how I see it. And yeah, like as a guy, there's, there are a lot of things that, Obviously, women have more, I would say there's more pressure on, especially in America, on the idea of what a perfect woman body looks like. You know, deal when we talk about things like everyone in a commercial looking like a, needing to look like a Barbie and that subconsciously putting that pressure on young girls. But also for guys, you know, as the, although we don't have it as tough in that sense, there are significant things and standards that guys have to try to uphold to that can be really difficult. I mean, the idea of the perfect male body is something that has really low fat percentage and really high muscle volume. But those two things are often paradoxical because it's incredibly difficult to maintain a certain amount of muscle mass, to, to have a lot, of, a lot of protein during the day, and then also lose, lose the fat necessary to have that idea. So there are a lot of difficult things. Um, and also when it, with a guy too, something that's difficult is facial hair. You know, as you're growing up, you know, if you start to gain facial hair later in life, that's something that shows negatively that you're not quite maturing the way that you should, or that you're, there's these ideas that you're less of a man if you don't have more facial hair, if you don't have a deeper voice or things like that physiognomically. So those pressures do exist as well. And, uh, and the pressure for facial hair exists for women too, because they have to deal with it when we cut it in the sink. Right, Sophie? Mm. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Oh, man. I've had guy roommates before, and so I definitely know what you're talking about. We don't see them. We think they're just, we don't see them. No, it's insane. It's insane. It's no problem. No, because you know what, cariño, you have them. 
Yeah, well, there, there. check the drain in the shower because, you know, there's a girl hair there. Oh, on your face. <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh. This is, so, you guys are so much fun to talk to. Uh, thank you. Yeah, we'll just start, like, bickering off, off to the side. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it's, all, it's all so important. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. So, so now talk to me a little bit more about writing. How I know that uh, from people I've talked to in the past, when writing fiction, I hear that a lot of the time uh, it's almost easier to put your own stories into the characters because, like, there is a costume there almost. Like, it's not you you're writing about, but you get to put this whole part of you into this character that maybe would be scary to tell people about and whatnot. What, do you guys experience things like that when you're writing characters? 100%. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's really tricky, right? It's this, it's this delicate dance you have to do. Because if you put too much of your character or yourself into a character and you go, okay, this character rigidly needs to stay this way, then you don't allow yourself room for creative freedom because then you're trapped in a box. But if it's not coming from and being inspired by you, then it's not going to be natural. Because when you're writing, you have to put yourself in this thought of, if mm -hmm. I was this character in this position, what would I do? And you have to be able to navigate the world through and navigate the story through that, that spyglass. Yeah, like, yeah. for example, the, the main protagonist of Retro is called Luna. And she's a girl, she's born in America, but her mother is from Spain and her father is from Mexico. So um, she speaks, um, she lives with a mother that speaks Spanish, right, that comes from a different culture. So she has this, to, to deal with this duality of... My mom, Spanish, home, no, right? Like the Spanish culture, Spanish food, Spanish everything. And then I go to high school and I'm, I'm doing the American thing. So that really feels for me, it's not exactly my story, but it's like I'm from Spain, I have a mother from Spain and I live in America. I have a relationship with an American. So it, it's similar, right? It's not exactly the same, but it's really similar. Yeah, you channel parts of yourself into the story, for yeah. sure. For sure, yeah. for sure. Are you guys able to talk like kind of openly and freely about rock or not Roxy um, retro right now. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. can, we can kind of give you like a, um, an elevator pitch in Hollywood. We say elevator pitch because it takes place within the duration of an elevator. Right. <laughs> so 20 <laughs> seconds or so. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah. 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 Of course. So retro is about what happens if at a school, uh, there's a terrible cyberbullying incident and a girl yeah. tries to take her life. Um, so what happens is the social media platform where the cyberbullying incident took place. We call it Limbo, but think of it like TikTok. Um, mm -hmm. Limbo comes to the school and goes, we're going to present a challenge because we know you guys need to heal. And it's going to be televised. It's going to be it's going to be put on Limbo. It's going to be great. It's called the Retro Challenge. And it's one year. If all of you can make it one year without using any current day technology and diving into the fun of the past, retro music, retro cars, you know, do it just living without your cell phone and living freely like that. If you can make it one year, you're going to get a full ride scholarship to whatever school you want. And there's lots of challenges throughout the way. So what ends up happening is our characters jump into this and they have so much fun. They realize that their exes don't know where they are at all times anymore. They're, they're kind of free. Their parents don't know where they are. They're not getting any more spam calls. It's almost like liberation that they're all doing it together. Because if you're doing it by yourself, it sucks. But if you're doing it together, it's like you're all going back into an 80s movie or 90s movie and you're living it. Um, so anyway, what happens is characters start to disappear throughout the story and they start to vanish. And we don't know exactly what's going on. And how they're disappearing, and what the mystery is. So the story kind of goes into a more sinister, more thriller route 
And it's all about the thriller of our main character trying to get back her friend who's gone missing. Oh my goodness. I'm like, but there's part of me that really wants to do that. And then there's the other part of me that like knows there's a big, yeah. be a bunch of twists that's going to be this <laughs> really yeah, intense. It's so many twists and like yeah. so many twists and we just want to have fun with it. I mean, this, this is a thriller, but it's a fun thriller. Yeah, it's a fun thriller. And Sophie really came with a lot of the, the basis of how to do the thriller, the idea of how to make that thriller work yeah. and how to write that. Yeah. I feel like in Spain, we love to do the plot twist a lot. So mm. we, we put it there. And, and I feel like you're having fun. First, you, it's really tough, right? The cyberbullying attack. Really, really tough. And then when you start to heal, we come, with, we come with, with the people disappearing and then it changed completely. And we can't say what happened at the end, obviously. But yeah. I think every person is going to connect with it. It's going to be like, oh my God, I, I know that guy's makes total sense. Like, they're going oh, to yeah. understand when they read the book. Yeah, and I think everyone's going to read it, have a lot of fun, get into the retro vibe, have so much fun with that, get into the challenge, all the different challenges that are going to take place mm. as people start to get eliminated, what happens when people start to disappear, and, and trying to come up, trying to solve the mystery themselves, um, and yeah. really keep the audience engaged in that. And many people will get disqualified, right? Because obviously, people will use their phones, they'll use technology, we understand it's really hard, and our protagonist is the first one that she's missing her phone really bad like this is not about like we need to be realistic i i will if now you take my phone i'm like what like i need my phone yeah. i need my laptop like let's be realistic so they it's, it's hard it's a hard thing it's not that easy but in the end they they all really learn what beautiful things and amazing things technology do bring and what they missed from it and then what things is technology not offering you know the fact that that technology is it isn't communication. Technology is a way to communicate. It's yeah. not communication itself. And you have to take responsibility for that communication, yeah. realizing that everybody behind a screen is a person with, with a beating heart and feelings. Yeah. Those are things that we often disidentify when we yeah. um, are you know, looking through the, the, the guise of a, of, of a phone. So uh, we really want to shed light on all of those important issues. Okay, so wait, where did this idea come from? It's, it's really, really creative. Hmm. Yeah, well, thank you. When, when we come up with ideas, is, you know, the only way that we like to do it is we go, what is an issue right now that really wow. needs to be addressed? Like, what is something that's really important to talk about? And then once you realize what that thing is, then you start to form a story around it. And sometimes the story can come in four or five different pieces, right? You have that main idea of what needs to get fixed in the world. And then you have, maybe here's an interesting character, right? And we talked about Luna and mm. coming from Sophie's story. And then we go, what is an interesting plot? Oh, what if there's a challenge involved? And then we just start yeah. to build it out from there. Um, and then we want to talk about social media because we think it's so important these yeah. days for people to be but understand social media and the responsibility. I think in social media, there's different parts. We wanted to talk about the people that use social media, but we wanted to talk about uh, the company, that is the social media, because at mm -hmm. some point I was working for Google and I saw many things. So I thought it was important to explain a bit how these companies work. And, and, and because I feel like nowadays it's really common to be like, oh, teenagers don't know, they are always with their social media and that's wrong. And but you, need to, you need to understand how the companies work and what they are doing too, because no, yeah. no default is not only about teenagers. Like this is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, they're giving the platform and it for for people to express themselves. And now that's the new way that we express ourselves. Yep. Now let's just do it right. And let's just do it, you know, in a pure way. Hmm. Um, 
so yeah, retro is, it's really, really about all of that. Um, and it's just been a labor of love for us. I mean, yeah. it's been time because we've been working on it for some time, um, to get it right. But yeah. we're just, we're just so excited for it to, for two it to years, get out right? there. Two, two years. It's been about two years and on average a book should take a little bit less, but, um, but for us, it was our first one doing together pandemic. and the pandemic hit. So we, we really hunkered down. We really want to get it perfect. And, <laughs> and it's coming in even longer than we thought, which readers usually not usually often love because then there's more, there's more pages to dive into. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Do you, do you expect this to be, um, part of like a series or a standalone? Right. We are open. We're open. We leave it in a way where like it can end there or it can keep going depending yeah. on, you know how how well it's received and what and what our editors think yeah yeah oh i love that i love when you don't know because then it's like <laughs> it's just a mystery and yeah. i mean like from the reader's standpoint of like oh i'd like just found this or found out this other book that i was reading has another part of the series coming out and i feel like it's christmas eve but christmas eve <laughs> is like a year long because it doesn't come out for forever <laughs> And everyone remembers those books too that like that are YA where where it's that first book that made you just really love reading and that's yeah. a part of why like I've come to really love to work in YA and write young adult because yeah. these are people who are still growing who are still deciding their opinions and views on the world yeah. you know they're not like a you know like a dusty old dude who's like no the world is like this and <laughs> not changing like no like these are people who are figuring out in the future of the yeah. world. And that's why it's really important because these are people that you can actually talk to who who are are extremely bright. I mean, a lot of authors can often write down. It's a negative thing. People can write down to a YA audience because, oh, they're teenagers. Maybe they're not as smart. It's like, no, there are teenagers that are so smart. Maybe yep. maturity is what they could be lacking in some areas or world or wisdom, but so smart. And others are more mature than many adults that you'll ever oh meet. Oh my God, absolutely. <laughs> so it's just, I think, I think that knowing who you're talking to and respecting that audience is the, is the first, first step. Okay. I got you. That's very, very cool. I actually, YA has become like my favorite genre to read. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Kind of like because of the fact that what you said before, that's the age when we're so open to changing and figuring out the world and asking the questions and are curious. I think that that is so special that that's, that's why you love it so much. Oh, and it's a fun age to relive. I mean, I loved high school. I loved that age. So it was like, I just want to, I love any chance to go back. It's why I consume lots of YA stuff or lots of like YA thrillers on, on, uh, on Netflix. Like I love, we watch all of them. Yeah. We watch it. The drama, the twist, give it to me, give it to me. (laughs) Oh, you have to. Oh, tell me what, what are your guys's favorite? This is kind of like a side track, but I'm just super curious. What are your favorite, uh, first off book series or just books and then, uh, some current TV shows you're into? Sure. Sure. Uh, I feel like every day we change. We're, we're <laughs> we watch a new one and we go, this is the best, this is the best one. And oh, we get into a lot, of, a lot of Spanish content. Yep. You'd be surprised. On, go on Netflix, you'll look at the Spanish content. On, there are so many amazing shows that will blow your mind. Yeah. Ooh. But when it's about teenager shows, I mean, there is one famous one in Spain called Elite. Yeah, Elite. Elite. That is on Netflix. And it's really, like, catchy. Like... You have fun, you know, like from, I think there's now like four seasons, but you get addicted. Like I watched the first season in one day. I was just like, I'm not, li- I'm not leaving the room, Yaro, just so you know, like this is the situation today. So <laughs> see, you, like, see you at 1 a.m. tonight. Bye. 
Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, there's yeah. one called "The Mess You Leave Behind." That's really, really yeah. good. And then American ones. Of uh, the American ones, we watched lately. We watched "Cruel Summer." I thought that yeah, was really well was really done. Good. We just watched uh, "One of Us Is Lying" yeah, the other day as well. Um, so, one of thirteen reasons why, of course, was a big, big yeah, thing. Yeah, classic. Um, yeah, okay, I actually I haven't seen any of those, and now I feel behind, and I gotta go <laughs> sit down in front of the TV for a while because I'm super, super in the mood for a good story. Um, that's cool. What about what about books? As for books, for me, I'm honestly like, I there's a couple reasons why I don't read as much YA these days because I want to keep myself kind of yeah. pure in what I'm you doing. Need to be careful because mm-hmm. I don't want to uh, emulate. Because when I find that I'm reading something similar to what I'm doing, I end up emulating it. So I try to stay apart. But I love to read the Harry Potters. But when it comes to reading, reading these days, I'm doing a lot of reading in Spanish yeah. um, because I, you know, after meeting Sophie, I decided, okay, why well, I, I got to learn how to speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my reading is, you know, I'll go into, you know, a lot of nonfiction. I'll go into, I read, read a book recently called Sapiens uh, in Spanish, which I just loved about anthropology. Yeah. So oh, I, I just, that. it's yeah, so good. Really so good. good. So if you read Not it, in well, Spanish, but I read it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's so fun. Yeah. So I'm reading all types of psychology books in Spanish and things like that. And hmm. um, I'm just reading it right now, the husbands, the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo, because I feel like it's everywhere. So, um, mm. so I need wait, wait, to. What's that called again? The seven seven husbands seven of husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Yeah. Hugo. Okay, I got you. I haven't heard of it. I need to check these out. Yeah, it's like in all the book talk. It's everywhere. Everywhere. Oh goodness. Yeah, you'll find it. I'm sure. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm really I'm stoked about all those recommendations. <laughs> um, there's another question I want to ask you guys about when you're writing characters. Uh, do you guys like writing in the multiple perspectives way, or do you like writing from just like one uh, one perspective the whole book? Uh, I would say Retro is first person, coming from the the main uh, character Luna, and then through her we meet many characters, like a good amount her friends, her new friends, her family. We meet everyone, but we really go deep into the characters. We 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 really make sure they are all three D. Yeah. Um, like for us, that's really important, at least for me, like I love character development. Like that's my thing. I love it, love it, love it. So yeah. we meet different people. And because of this challenge, Luna is able to meet people in high school that otherwise she would have never met in, in different circumstances. Yeah. And for us, like, it's really important to be writing. If we're going to write first person to make sure we make all those other characters really three dimensional, really multidimensional, really go deep yeah. into them. I mean, Sophie kind of brought it to my attention, too. When we first started writing, she was really pushing, hey, let's go through first person, for sure, and let's definitely be going through one character so we can just keep it through this character's you know, perspective throughout the entire book. And I was more coming from, oh, I like to jump around because I come from a little more of a cinematic idea. So I want to jump around. Hmm. I like third person sometimes, um, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with kind of from the outside looking in of a character. But we ended up going with retro with first person. We're realizing the world is really going that way. And we want to continue to write in first person because people want to be in the brain of their protagonist, yeah. right? You want to and the feelings. See the feelings. See, see everything through their eyes. So that's where we're going. Yeah. Oh, Plus, God. I feel like I just imagine first person, per, uh, the, the character narrating the, the, the story of what is going on. And I can imagine immediately a TV show. When I read that, mm-hmm. I felt like you see the TV yeah, show like there, a like a voiceover, like it's the same thing. That's mm. Because we come from Hollywood and screenplays, we kind of put that into our book. Yeah. 
Okay, that's very cool. Do, do you find it difficult ever to like, like I've heard there's a couple uh, writer podcasts that I listen to about writing different characters and whatnot. And I know some some authors have, or that I'm hearing some authors have uh, strategies of like, listening to different types of music when they're writing different characters out to kind of like try to get into whatever kind of mindset they're in or things like that. Like how do you guys have any ways that you really try to because I imagine it's hard like you're writing all about this person and then all about this person and you want them to be different enough and who they are enough. Am I making sense? Yeah. Yeah, I feel what we do, we have really strong characters with a lot mm -hmm. of personality. So that makes them different. Plus, I feel like I have lots of friends that are real characters. So I pick things from them. Like all my okay. friends, they, they are the way they are. I'm like, okay, I'm taking this quality that you have and I'm putting it in my character. Like, <laughs> Fun. That's a good idea. Yeah, because then I'm in my brain, it's like, oh, that's the you know, whatever name. Uh, that's the Jennifer quality. I'm going to use it. That's oh, the yeah. Rebecca quality. I'm we're, going we're to use it. We're lethal to hang out. We're with our friends and they say something, we're like, going I'm to, taking it. I'm taking it. That's going in the book. I mean, as long as you're okay, they're like, yeah, we're okay. Like, ah, let's go. We're stealing yeah. it. So we're just all the time like sponges absorbing things that we see and hear yep. that can, you know, work for our characters, work for our Always. Like, story. Always. Oh, yeah. I feel like doing really strong characters really... A lot of personality make you separate one character to the other one. And, you know, it's a little bit of a paradox and an interesting slash difficult thing to do because often when you're writing a protagonist, you want your, your audience to empathize. Really well. You want everybody to be able to read this character and go, that could be me. Because when you have a little, you know, a little technique that's, that they do in Hollywood movies is called save the cat. In the first 10 minutes or five minutes, the character proverbially saves a cat. So then you like that character because you go, oh, they saved the cat from a tree. I, that character's like me. They care. They're loving. And you can do that in all different ways. It's not always saving a cat. But it's something that... <laughs> Just that, every single movie. Yeah, yeah. every movie, <laughs> it'll get really annoying. Yeah, I mean, often it's helping an old woman or, or you know, they, they throw $5 into a... Um, a bin for or in, instead of a little like can for a homeless person and it's like okay I could be that person I could empathize with that person so we're always trying to empathize with our main characters so the difficulty is when you make a main character that really has a lot of personality but at the same time is widely and openly available for all audiences so what mm -hmm. we've decided to do is really kind of go against that because that was a difficulty that I've had before and Sophie brought it to my attention of yeah. I want to have a really strong main character and she is her and people love her for her and you either love her or hate her but the goal is to make 99.9% .9 of people love her yeah. and she is just her but with all her imperfections character. with all her imperfections like we all are perfectly imperfect right so it's like she's going to screw it up she can't be perfect she's going to talk about fart you know like <laughs> she's a human <laughs> like we need real stuff she's going to screw it up she can you know miss uh, wake up late and miss exam and eat ice cream at 1 a.m and She's a normal human. We all are like that in our home. And I think, again, no, I didn't want to put the Barbie Malibu perfect. She saves the cat and gives the tip and sings when she sees the birds. <laughs> Fuck no. Like, no, no, no. She roll around. She goes to, to high school late. She messes up with her makeup. She cries. She... Everything, like yeah. everything. She has insecurities. She, she says the wrong thing at the wrong moment. Exactly. She, she laughs when she shouldn't. She... Yeah. When she feels hurt, maybe she lashes out in the way that she shouldn't lash out. And then she feels remorse for that. And these are all human things that we've all done. Yeah. So 
we're trying to kind of take, I guess, storytelling and the archetypes of storytelling and characters to this place where we see that they're starting to go, you know, where you have not only just anti-heroes and heroes, but you have people who are just real heroes. They're just real. Mm. Okay. What do you mean exactly when you say anti-hero? So, yeah, you have like an anti-hero is kind of like, imagine like if have you, if any of you guys have seen Breaking Bad, you have um, Walter White, right? He's like, he's this guy who's so flawed, but he means well, but then he turns out to be a drug lord, but then you somehow still like him. It's anti-heroes, imagine them as like a really flawed hero, but really flawed, almost like you're watching the bad guys become the good guys. Or if you see like Birds of Prey with Harley Quinn, right? The bad guys become the ones that's the protagonist and you, and you care about them for all of the, 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 you know, the negative aspects of their, of their personality as well. What we're trying to do is something that's kind of just a combination of the both, uh, just the everything, um, the closest you can get to just a real life character. Mm. Okay. That's very cool. I feel like that. I definitely can think of a lot of stories that I've <laughs> read and seen where I have always thought that the hero is super gray and nuanced. And so, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that's normally when I love it the most because that's when it's like the most relatable. And yeah. I think that that's very cool. Yeah. And, I, and actually, we talk in our book a lot about the body because I really? felt that that's, yeah, absolutely, because that's completely connected with being a human. Right, you're yeah. a human. You, you know, these superheroes is great. Like they wear this underwear on top of their pants and they make it look cool. <laughs> Congratulations! But that, if I do that, probably the cops are going to stop me. Like, lady, go home, change. <laughs> you know, like so. We wanted to. We talk a lot because, for example, our main character Luna, um, we say that she has like kind of like a curvy body yeah. because she has some Latina, some Spanish. And at the beginning, she's insecure, right? And, and she explained, like, the father was like, you're like a Spanish guitar, you're beautiful. And see it that way. And, mm-hmm. and she goes with it. Like, she, she, she has really clear that, that she has to fight that insecurities in the body. You know, our protagonist is, like, 16, 17 years 17, old. Yeah. And, and is really there. Like, really important. She's playing social media, how she sees photos, and she compares herself. And she has to remind herself what her father told her about being a Spanish guitar. And, mm. and she, she really has to, to focus on that. And and we, we, we deal with a lot, of, a lot of just general ideas of body image and, and insecurity because something that we all notice that happens on social media what? is every single person goes on social media and they see the best version of everybody else. Yep. And then they go and they look in the mirror and they go, I'm not always happy. I'm not always perfect. I'm not always with some fake influencer breakfast spread in Turkey. Like, no, but, yeah. <laughs> but they are. Um, and the truth is, their lives aren't normally like that. They have real lives, too. And we wanted to, in our book, really kind of break down the fact that there's people who are influencers. One of our characters is an influencer. And he deals with real-life problems, real-life pressure to look a certain way, to be a certain way. Yeah. We want to show everybody Expectation. the expectations. So we want to show everyone on all sides of the spectrum that you know, your that image that people see isn't always perfect. I mean, something that we've seen too online is a lot of these online platforms are actually adding a, a beautification filter um, that is like a 2 or 3% beautification filter. So whenever you film yourself online and upload it to a story or whatever, whatever platform it is, you're looking 3 or 4% more beautiful than, you know, what would be, what would people would think is beautiful than you'll ever see in the mirror. And that's something mm-hmm. that's, I think is really disturbing and yeah, really like and it's really okay sick. to have a pimple, you know, like, I mean, cover yes, it if you want. Pimples. 
but yeah, like <laughs> go pimples, let's do it. You yes. know, like, <laughs> some girls have hurt a little. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some, some hurt. So th those go really against what you know, what the what the normal ideas and what the healthy ideas of of the relationship with your body should be. So we want to bring light to all of those types of things yeah. as well. We also have one character too that kind of we can't say who we can't say who, but going a little bit into a little diving into like my story and my understanding as a as a man with a with you know growing into my own body a character who deals with something that I didn't deal with, but it's, it's kind of like a body dysmorphia. Um, and they're really dealing with a body dysmorphia and not feeling comfortable as who in, in their own skin and who they are, um, and, but as a man. And that's something that a lot of people, times we don't talk about for guys. But because you were in the wrestling team, explain like you were in the wrestling team. Yeah, and I was on the wrestling team in high school. Um, so, and that gave you the idea, so, I think. Yeah, it gave me the idea for that because I've always, you know, in high school people are always trying to lose weight. Um, for, mm -hmm. for on the wrestling team because you have to make a certain weight. And a lot of people started to create an unhealthy relationship with their bodies trying to lose that weight. I mean, I got to a point where I could lose five or 10 pounds in a week just That's from, insane. and it's insane, just from running, from not eating, from, I mean, I, I had to do crazy things to make weight because if you make a certain weight class, that's kind of like your level, your league. So you, if I'm wrestling 152 pounds, if I wake up on Sunday and I weigh 160, And by Wednesday, I have to make 152 in order to be able to wrestle in my weight class, and I got to go do it. Um, so a oh lot of people God. develop, it's so difficult, and it shouldn't even, it should, it's, it's another level, that whole I'm thing. I'm surprised so, that's okay in a high yeah, school. I'm surprised like, that it's legal, yeah. too, I know. Like, I don't know, I think that's insane. Yeah. I know, I know. I mean, that wrestling thing is, I feel like, from female, when they do ballet, or they do some, that I have a friend that, that was in ballet, and at some point, they basically told her, like, you just need to leave, you're good, but you're getting too big. That's it. Like, no other explanation. And it's, that's insane. No, it's, it's insane, some of those pressures. So, mm -hmm. yeah, we want to shed light on that. And, um, and it's, yeah, it's something that I dealt with personally, like, dealing with changing your weight. And then how do you look? And then how do you perceive yourself? And how do you feel about that? All things that we address in retro as well. Because yeah, for as female we, and male. As we dive into each character and we kind of follow different ones that we think, you know, might be the one who, who is responsible for these people vanishing, we start to go through and we start to really dive into each, I guess you could say, suspect. And as we go into each suspect, you start to learn more and more about themselves, what yeah. secrets they have, why they're lying, why they're misdirecting our audience and, and our main character, Luna. And we start to really learn about all of them. Yep. Um, and we say meaningful things, and one of which is really going into a character with body dysmorphia, as you yeah. know. Wow. Okay. Well, I have so many comments and questions and thoughts on that. <laughs> sure. First off, I'm so happy that that's a part of the book. That's such an important thing that I have not... I don't think I've read that before, at least for um, a male's perspective for body mm -hmm. dysmorphia. I hear a lot about it just because I have these conversations, I guess, yeah. obviously yeah. a lot since I'm doing <laughs> yeah. a podcast specifically on it. But I don't think I see that or read that in like just regular um, stories on TV or books or anything that's not specifically about that. So that's really, really cool that you're giving that like a voice in the book. Of course, I mean, every, every single person has certain insecurities growing up um, and that they either grow out of or learn how to manage um, or continue to have and keep battling. But, but just because women have it about their bodies and as they grow doesn't mean that men don't have it either. Yeah, and, they need their space. And, it's cr and I found it crazy that, that that just was such an underserviced theme, um, period, in, in literature. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to like... Go put this book on everybody's doorstep. Uh, please, please do. Yeah. <laughs> please oh, help I, us I promote. 
I'm a very good hype girl, so I got oh, you guys. <laughs> Something right. that, that got my attention in Spain, um, I will say, like, it's different culture, right? But kids are not allowed to go to the gym at 13 years old. Like, no parents will allow that or accept that. Never. Like, no protein shakes, nothing like that. We are way we more see- like, don't be obsessed. Wait, say that again? I'm sorry, I think I misunderstood. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying like in Spain, uh, when kids are like 13 years old, uh-huh. I, I, well, 13, 12, 14 years old, uh, parents will never allow them to go to the gym. Oh, like, or, or drinking good. protein, protein yeah. shakes. They think that in Spain, we think that that's extremely obsessive with the bodies. Like you are 13 years old, go and, you know, play tennis or soccer. Yeah. Oh, but that's no, no, right. no, no. Don't start to count your apps and take a photo in the mirror. And no way, like no parents will allow that. We actually always say to Jared, like parents in Spain don't allow teenagers to have coffee or energy drinks or like no way or going to the gym or taking that much consciousness about their body and Jared was like oh yeah I was a 13 years old having protein shakes and going to the gym and I was like whoa my mom will have if you were with my mom my mom will have locked you in the room like no way (laughs) (laughs) that's not happening yeah and that's what I'm saying with the things of the difference right like yeah. since the beginning, since you are growing up, is way different. Oh yeah, that sounds kind of like I don't know. Like it almost feels like duh, kids shouldn't be doing that. And then I think about my childhood and just everything I see today, and I'm like, but literally every kid does that. So imagining a culture that that is known to just not be acceptable sounds so cool. It's not an option, um, so you don't miss it. Because you don't yeah. think it's an option. Yeah, it seems really healthy. They, no, they are really yeah. pro sports, but team sports. Be with your friends. Go out. Be in the park. Play with a ball. It's different. Yeah. Be a kid. Oh my gosh. Well, well, well. I have I have about two more questions for you guys. If that's okay. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Here. <laughs> okay. So my the first one is, if you guys were to write. Whether this is a character you've written before or a character that you think about or have never thought about yet, just any kind of character that you were going to write for your younger teenage selves that you think was the character you needed to look up to in some kind of way or relate to, uh, what kind of character would that be and have you written that character before? That's a really, really insightful question. I would Um, say between... We have... uh, Okay, so our main protagonist is Luna. Uh-huh. And then she has a best friend called Mimi. Um, I will say that I need Luna and Mimi in my life when I was a teenager. Like the mm-hmm. combination of them, the dynamic between that two friends. Like okay. I feel like at least for me it's not one character, it's the character and the friendship. Because when I was a teenager, it was all about my friends. I was my friends, my friends were me. We were a team. Mm-hmm. So And the way Mimi is, is she's kind of cuckoo. She's kind of, she's fun. She's she's, yeah. you know, a, like a uh, multicolored, you know, outlandish unicorn who will just say anything <laughs> at, at any moment. <laughs> no and filter. No, no problem to catcall any guy at you mm. know at the department store. Not because she's like especially super confident. She just lives in her own world. Um, so every That's friend, amazing. everyone kind of just needs that. She has an iguana, and she yeah, she has a pet iguana. So it's just it's a it's a character who's just really fun, and she's like a really like best friend for yeah. them. And she's that you know she symbolizes that that really good core friend that. Um, that I think every teenager needs. Um, yeah. and, and then for you? 
And for me, well, for me, it's a little more difficult because this is really written through Luna's perspective yeah. and the spyglass of Luna's friends. But I think just... If you would write one character. Um. Well, I, I think just the importance is whenever I'm writing male characters, I'm always thinking through what would I have liked to hear as a kid. Mm -hmm. um, and it, the world has changed a lot. I mean, when I was in seventh or eighth grade, I, I, you know, I was killing it on MySpace. I, it, was very, <laughs> it was very different what we were up against. Um, so... You know, some of the things I don't empathize 100% with me as a teenager because, some, for example, TikTok wasn't around back then and it is a different landscape. Um, so, yeah, I would say, like, I generally always through the male characters always try to write lessons and, and, and ways to think that would speak to my younger son. A lot of sports. Sports everywhere. Sports. Oh, I mm. love sports. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Need sports. Sports ball. Need sports. Sports, sports, sports. <laughs> a lot of sports. Sports. Just, I just like saying the word sports. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. I bet that feels really healing a lot of the time. Oh, of course. Yeah, you know, it, it really is. And it really feels great when we're able to talk with fans, we're able to talk with readers, and they go, listen, this really affected me in this way. And it, it, and I, it was the book that got me into reading, and I thought I was alone. And those are just the most rewarding things yeah. because whenever we're with fans or readers, it's just all love. And it just feels so great. Um, and you know, we li we live for those moments to be able to, hmm. to give back in that way. Yeah. Mm. Okay. That sounds very, very cool. My goodness. Um, okay. So I have my one last question, which has absolutely nothing to do with anything we've been talking about, but is also incredibly important. <laughs> Are you Tap guys Tapioca ready? pudding. Uh, <laughs> what? Tapioca pudding. That is the answer actually. <laughs> what, okay, what do you got? <laughs> Would you rather would you rather live in a house on the top of a very, very tall cliff that is a super fun house? It's filled with a bunch of magical animals, like dogs, cats, hamsters, iguanas. They're all really magical. They all have their very separate personalities. Uh, the only problem is that you can't ever invite anyone over because no one wants to go up to the top of the cliff to hang no. out. Okay. But Those you can friends. leave it and like go be a part of the world, but then you have your own world on top of the house and the cliff okay. with the magical iguanas. Okay. But you can't share it with others. Yeah. You just, and like, you can't take pictures of it. You just have to tell them and hope they believe you and you just see what happens but you have this really really dope house with a bunch of magic dogs cats and iguanas or would you rather have a secret life as a double agent <laughs> for hamster crimes you're both you're a double agent as in like you're the good guys but then you Literally double agent, you go pretend like you're one of the bad hamsters to try and get some answers about what's going on, but they can't know that you're really a traitor or a narc or anything like that. Nobody, nobody can really relate to you with this job because obviously <laughs> no one can. Yeah. Yeah, no one else is. Really <laughs> I haven't. I haven't met another hamster yeah. detective. You know another one? Oh, dang it! I need to change this whole question then. <laughs> um, nobody can relate with you. Everyone is very confused by it, and you have this experience that just is unlike any other. And it's a little bit dangerous sometimes, but they're just hamsters, and you have to remember that at the end of the day. Okay, which one? <laughs> I'm going with the house and the cliff. 
Oh yeah, I'm oh, going yeah? with the house and the clothes. One hundred percent. Like I'm sorry, but between unicorns and hamsters, like unicorns, <laughs> <laughs> I have it clear. Hamsters smell. I had like one hamster. Yeah, I had one. I don't know how it multiplied into two. Then it multiplied into four. They just yeah. kept making babies in my house. I was like ten years old, and oh we had like twenty-seven God. hamsters at some point. We had to cre- keep making play apparatuses for them that took up half the room. Yeah. It was torturous. Um, so for personal reasons, I'm going to say yeah. the house on the cliff with yeah. the badass animals. Yeah, and I mean, we both choose the same thing, so we'll live together there. I guess that counts as yeah. inviting someone. We yeah. are married. Yeah, so, so we, we it goes in the back. Legally, we have to enjoy it together. Yeah, so. 100%. Loophole, baby. Yeah. And, and honestly, being a loophole. We found the loophole. And I'll be honest, being a double agent, whether you're a cat, hamster, mouse, I've seen them all, I wouldn't do it. I really wouldn't because there's so much pressure from both sides of, you know, the hamster world yeah. and the underworld of that it's just it's too much so yeah i would pass just, on that i just imagine me like riding a unicorn every morning like yeah. <laughs> to chill just out hanging out yeah just like up on a cliff exactly like no well, love it i actually love the idea so yeah where is oh, this place man. yeah where is uh, this place <laughs> so it is about an hour south of somewhere yeah. south of santa monica actually yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh we got it clear yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. You just turn left at the light and you should miss it in about an hour. So. You're, you're going to find, like, on the news, like, young couple, like, falls off cliff. Last message to world claiming they were looking for unicorns. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is amazing. That is so brilliant. Well, you guys, what, what's your what's your social media? What are all your things? Where can people find you? Yeah, so you can find us at Sophie, S-O-F-I, and Jared, J-A-R-R-O-D. So it's at S-O-F-I-A-N-D-J-A-R-R-O-D. Yeah. And we are on TikTok. We're on Instagram. Um, we have a link tree. We have a link tree on there website. that has like, links to all of our website and links you back to everything. Um, and we're always on TikTok posting fun videos, posting yeah. videos about us being authors, about lifestyle, about writing. Um, couple. Couple couple life, unicorn life. Coming soon. Coming um, soon. And just yeah, all the different like new things that are coming out, updates, fun videos books questions we really stay engaged with everybody we really want to yeah um, we like to reply actually we, we really like to read while they comment and yeah reply. and people are so Super nice sweet. and so sweet online like we really just get a lot from it so um everybody follow us and Please. have an awesome time um <laughs> on our tiktoks and instagram Yes. Okay. That sounds awesome. I'm going to go ahead and put all those links in the description box below. It has been so much fun following you so far for any of those listening. Definitely go do that and uh, keep an eye out possibly at the end of this year, early next year for retro. Yes. Yes. Keep an eye out. Are people able to pre-order that or anything like that? Not, not yet. Not yet. But they will. And we'll come with some little presents for the pre-orders. Yeah, there's going to be presents for pre-orders. Where there's going to be lots of little goodies, lots of updates, lots of, um, of cover reveal moments and yeah. little blurbs and things like that. So um, on our social media, we'll have everything along and the way. And let's talk about Glinians one second. Oh, yeah. We should talk about one more thing, too. So there's yeah. um, a book that I'll, I think a lot of people are pretty familiar with it um, called Scythe. Um, the Ark of a Scythe trilogy, a mm. really popular YA book um, uh, that my father wrote, Neil Schusterman. Um, so we had the opportunity to, for me and Sophie to write a short story 
in the fourth installment of the book. Um, it's like an anthology fourth book that has like seven or eight different origin stories of these characters. Well, me and Sophie were able to, to write a short story yeah. together. Based in Barcelona. It takes place in Spain about oh, sight. Oh, and essentially, like, the idea of the book is what if in the far future we're able to, everyone's able to pretty much be immortal because we've solved all of these ailments. So what do you have? You have grim reapers that are pretty much contracted by the government that are kind of like Jedis of death, and they're called scythes. And their job, their task is to go around and pretty much cl clear out the population. So what we have is we have a scythe Gaudi and yeah. scythe Dali because they always take on famous names from the past. <laughs> and uh, we really go into these two characters and we go into Spanish culture and it's just a lot of fun. Um, and we're going to do a book tour. And we're going to do a book it. tour for that as well. Um, oh, we'll wow. be signing books. Yeah, and we'll be doing a book tour for, for everyone. And that's coming books. in November. In November. Okay. And Gleanings mm -hmm. comes out this November. Yeah. Um, so everybody pre-order when the pre-order link comes up pretty soon and we'll be talking all about it on our social media outlets. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, I've just got to say, that's actually the first, that's how I ended up finding you was I read Scythe, I saw it. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, I saw it promoted by one of my favorite authors. And then I found out there was more to the series, so I read all of them. And wow. Oh, nice. I didn't know there was a fourth one. I'm now so you got this. Yeah, it's exclusive. No one knows. Yeah, no one knows. It's technically <laughs> been like been marketed a little, but really like they're going to do a big push to yeah. talk about it in the next couple weeks coming on with a cover reveal and all of that. Yeah, they're really fun origin stories. So I think you'll you'll really like it. It goes into, you know, Citra, Rowan, and it goes into just all of the characters. Um, and you meet some new ones too, which like our short story. Yep. Oh my gosh. I feel like I said earlier, it's like Christmas Eve, but I have to wait till <laughs> November. I am so stoked. You guys have no idea how much I love that series. Wow. Oh, great. That's amazing. That's so cool. Yes, yeah. everybody definitely keep an eye out for that. And if you haven't already, read the first three. Such a, such a good series. Yeah. If you are close by any place we go to, St. Cam, we'll, we'll love to talk with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So you guys are going to do, a book. I'm assuming all of that information is not put together yet for no. your tours and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, not quite put together yet. Okay, I will def whenever it is, I will be. Please send it my way because I would be <laughs> honored to get to come to your your tour and to meet you. Yeah, you can meet me all like yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's wow, so that'd be so much Growing fun. up, I had all my friends were always asking me, Jared, does your dad like take a lot of drugs or something? Because his <laughs> books are crazy. And I had to like defend him like, no, like he's not on drugs. He, just he doesn't even drugs. drink alcohol or <laughs> nothing. Oh my God. Um, he's really on this planet Earth, which I don't know if that's, if that's better or worse. Yeah, he looks really normal. You talk with him about the weather and TV shows and books. And then you read what he does and he's like, okay, like he has a different life when he's at home. <laughs> Double That's life crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I can, I can imagine he was probably really fun to grow up with as a dad. You probably got a lot of cool bedtime stories. Yeah. Yeah. He would read our, his books to us as bedtime stories. Um, oh, and really? Then, I mean, like, oh, and then the side glean this person. Exactly. Yeah, I know. Okay. It, You're all six years old now. Okay, well, he started with younger books and made sure they're age appropriate to us. So he, like, wrote oh, as okay. we grew, and then we would give him kind of, like, notes and things like that based on what we would like as readers. So we were, like, a little nice. focus group. Yeah. Um, oh, cute. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really good. If you haven't read Unwind, his, his other series of his, that's really good. Oh, that's the series I read right after the Scythe series. Because ah. I was like, who is this author? I want to read everything. That series, I could go on about how twisted and accurate, yeah, scary accurate that series yeah. feels like. 
For me, it was really funny when I met Jared. I met him in, in 2018. We met, and then that summer I went to Spain, and I was, mom, you know, like, he, he came, like, this is my boyfriend. And then I remember uh, giving her scythe and be like, this is his family's job, and that's what they do. And my mom read it, and she was like, okay. <laughs> Like, they're different in America. Like, interesting oh that that's the family. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because that's normal. Sci-fi is uh, not as big in Spain. Yeah, yeah. So she, you know, she was like, <clears throat> interesting. Great. Like, dinners are okay. Everything okay? Okay. But that's yeah, it. Just, just, don't, just don't trust them with any weapons. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Send me a message if you need help. We need a code word. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's really funny. <laughs> that is hilarious. Well, you guys, it has been such such a joy talking with you. You're such an incredible couple. You two are just I could just tell how much you love each other and it makes me yeah, so happy. We, so. we do, we do. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we love very, love. We're really, really cheesy. Yeah, we, <laughs> we yeah, we're, we're cheesy. We're sh- like we're disgusting with yeah, like, we are, disgustingly we are. like sugary like yep. Oh, please do be that yeah. way. <laughs> Sugar covered in cheese. Covered in- That's an interesting combo, but I'm about it. <laughs> it's too much. Oh, man. Well, thank you so much again. Thank you. Um, I will put, again, for those listening, all the links will be in the description below. Keep an eye out for retro and for gleanings. And if you follow me, you'll be seeing them post about. So that's all you have to really do is keep an eye out and you will find them. You guys are amazing. Uh, thank, thank you, you so much. You've been amazing yeah, as a host. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, thank, thank you. you this me. was really fun. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll wave at you guys up on your cliff with your unicorns very shortly. <laughs> we'll try to invite you. I know it's against the rules, yeah, we'll but we'll fi- try. We'll find a way. We'll <laughs> yeah, we'll find another loophole. <laughs> exactly. I'll sneak up there. <laughs> well, you guys have a have a good rest of your night, guys. You, you too. too. Yeah, you thank you. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unity Project podcast. If you enjoyed and want to hear more, please do subscribe, share it with your friends, share it with your mom, share it with your dog. All the people and animals share this with them. And go ahead and follow me on Instagram at JackieG.TV to keep up with updates. If you want to support this podcast and get more involved in it, then go to Patreon.com slash JackieGTV. Uh, all these links will be in the description box below. I'll see you next time.